1: The Other Side of Midnight 77WABC Local Spotlight
0: Good morning everyone this is The Other Side of Midnight on 77WABC I'm Frank Morano I wake up around noon, 12.30, 1 o'clock, any time in that range. Today it was closer to noon, and I woke up to a series of group text messages from people in my neighborhood, and the first was the link to an article announcing that New York City Mayor Eric Adams is going to be hosting a town hall meeting on Staten Island next week. And then, before I could say anything, a whole bunch of people had already commented. The person who sent the article said, let's go. He's such an ass and Staten Island is falling apart. Another person writes, why? If we say one negative thing, he will call us plantation owners and avoid the question. Another person writes, he's a fraud, closing the gap in matching de Blasio as the worst mayor in the history of New York City, way in over his head. And then, yada, 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 a whole bunch of other negative comments about Adams, and just a general complaint session about everything that's wrong with New York City and with Staten Island. And what I saw this, I was thinking, that's great. I didn't vote for Mayor Adams. I'm probably not going to vote for him again. But I want Mayor Adams to go to every neighborhood in this city, including mine, and answer questions from the public. And if he treats someone poorly and calls them a plantation owner when they ask a challenging question, I think he only exposes himself by doing that. And if a mayor were to just completely ignore Staten Island, as we've seen many mayors do in the past, then we'd be complaining about that. I get the fact that Being the mayor is always sort of a thankless job. If you do the job well, you kind of tick off everybody. However, I think there's nothing wrong with being critical of a mayor, wanting him to do a better job, and being happy that he's coming to your community to answer questions. The worst thing any community could be is ignored. This way, if Mayor Adams is coming to your community and answering questions in a town hall format and you're bringing real problems to his attention, at least he can't say he doesn't know about those problems problems. So I'm going to try and go to this town hall meeting next week, and I have quite a few questions for him. But I also have questions for my friends and neighbors. Why are you ridiculing Adams for coming to our borough when we're the one borough he doesn't need in order to win re-election? We should be happy he's coming, just as we'd be happy if the governor was coming, or the president, or any public official. We want more attention paid to our community from our leaders, not less. Beam me up! To be continued.
1: The Other Side at Midnight 77
0: seven, Local
1: Spotlight Go!
0: Tomorrow, everyone, this is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. Let me bring a poll to your attention that will come as no surprise to many of you. 61% of New Yorkers are either very or somewhat concerned that they might be a victim of a crime. That's according to a new Siena College Research Institute poll. 21% say very concerned. And this poll echoes what was one of the top concerns for voters in the elections for governor and the U.S. House last year. Mayor Eric Adams was on uh, Fox 5 with Rosanna Scotto yesterday and she asked him why this is the case. I thought the mayor's answer was pretty gutsy and pretty interesting.
1: Well let's think about it for a moment. How do they start their day? Uh, they start their day picking up the uh, the news uh, the, the morning papers they sit down and they see some of the most horrific events that uh, may happen throughout the previous day uh, it plays on your psyche. We're clear on that uh, but my mission is to move people from what they felt to what they're feeling. And no one can take away the fact this city is humming. Uh, as you walk the streets, you go to Times Square, you're back on our subway, we peak at 4 million riders, uh, we're seeing people getting back out, enjoying our parks. So we know it's, a, it's, it's going to take a time, but if you lead off every day with some of the horrific incidents that take place in a city with 8.5 million people, there's a feeling that you have, but the officers are back out there. They're seeing them. They're conversating. Our restaurants are humming. The city has returned, and we are really proud of what the many women of the police department are doing.
0: Now, it's never a great strategy to blame the press for why the public feels the way that it does. However, people may not like this. I think the mayor does have a point. We in the media tend to focus on violent crime all the time. And if you look at the actual statistics, shootings in New York City dropped by about 25% through the first half of this year. We have seen shootings decline for 13 consecutive weeks. Things are moving in the right direction. We're still a long way to where we were Pre-pandemic, but murders are down, rapes are down, burglaries are down, robberies are down. So, we're getting there. Don't let the press fool you into thinking you're not safe walking around New York. All things considered, we're not as safe as we were in 2019, but we're moving in the right direction. Beam me up! To be continued.
1: The Other Side of Midnight. 77.
0: When it comes to everything in state government and, quite frankly, in New York City, the entity that is most responsible is the New York State legislature. New York City can't even raise or lower its own taxes without the permission of the New York State legislature. Bail reform, marijuana, taxes, all sorts of issues run through Albany. And that's really why Priority number one for the state GOP next year ought to be breaking the two-thirds supermajority that the Democrats have in both houses of the state legislature last year. Well, it appears we have a roadmap to do that. Lee Zeldin, some insight done by the Albany Times-Union, shows that he made significant inroads in traditionally Democratic areas. He actually carried 17 districts held by Democrats in the state assembly. That is extraordinary. The fact that he was able to win 17 districts that are represented by Democrats in the state assembly shows that these are districts Republicans can win. These are not districts that other GOP gubernatorial candidates have won. Well, some of them were, but by and large, they were not. This should be the 17 seats that the state chairman, Ed Cox, focuses on next year and is working on recruiting candidates for now and fundraising for now, because this would be extraordinary. If the state GOP could actually pick up 17 seats, that would send shockwaves through albany and that would go a long way towards bringing back some semblance of balance in state government and it also builds a bench of elected republicans that could run for other offices in the future county executive state senate congress you name it so i hope ed cox who i know listens to this program from time to time is taking note of these 17 blue assembly seats all over the state that Zeldin won, and is currently in the midst of recruiting candidates for them. Beam me up. To be continued.
1: The other side of midnight.
0: 77
1: Local spotlight.
0: Do you remember when? Pete Davidson and Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live bought an old Staten Island ferry that they said they were going to turn into a comedy club or some sort of entertainment venue. A lot of us have been wondering, what's the story with that? Well, recently, Pete Davidson actually appeared on Seth Meyers' podcast and gave an update into what they envision for the future of the ferry that they purchased.
1: We want to be able to dock it from April to September, maybe October, in New York. And it will be like you know there'll be a restaurant, there'll be uh, a, a concert venue, there'll be a movie theater uh, upstairs, like sort of restaurant uh, area, and then there's hotels in it. There's uh, oh. so we'll have like you know a couple of those, and um, and then in the in the winter tug it to Miami.
0: Davidson told Meyer that they're probably about five years away. From it
1: being up
0: and running. And I'm really rooting for them. I think this would be a great thing. I'll tell you, when I was growing up, there was a terrific restaurant, a kosher deli on Staten Island named Golden's Deli that was a train. And you could go in there and have lunch on a real old school train. It was really just the neatest thing in the world, especially when you're you're a kid. I can imagine how neat it would be to have dinner on a docked boat. And apparently it's going to be docked in New York, I think from April to October and then maybe docked somewhere else in the colder months, but they're apparently very much in the hole on this because I believe that these ferries can't be cheap to run and they also are, I'm sure, pretty expensive to purchase. So I'm wishing them the best of luck. I'm looking forward to going on it when it does open and uh, I love to see things like this for New York. It's part of what makes New York so interesting and so creative and I've been critical of Pete Davidson from time to time, but on this one, I think he is doing a great job and a great service and I'm glad that he and Colin Jost are are putting in the effort and the money to bring this to fruition beam me up to be continued